Welcome back to the Recalibrate podcast hosted by JC Adler and Sasha Andrianova. Recalibrate is a space where we showcase the full spectrum of what it means to be human, break down the image of perfectionism, and help you unlock your fullest, most authentic self. Each episode is designed to help you reflect and reconnect, leaving you feeling less alone in your human experience and inspired to make positive change to live a more fulfilling and purpose-driven life. It's just JC today. And on today's episode of Recalibrate, I have Daisy and Sophie from the Life Unpotted podcast, which is a podcast and a community dedicated to exploring the many layers of narratives, concepts, self-judgments, fears, doubts, and insecurities that hold you back from experiencing a fulfilling life. I found this podcast about a month or two ago, and I absolutely love it. It is one of my favorite podcasts. Daisy and Sophie are absolutely amazing, and it was so fun to have them on and talk to them today. In today's episode, we talk about ego, uncertainty, discomfort, limiting beliefs, some of the things that I've been questioning and thinking about and we really just discussed what's the point of it all i loved this conversation so i hope you enjoy the conversation as well hello and welcome sophie and daisy to the podcast i'm so excited to have you on today thank you so much for having us here we have got to know each other a little bit over the internet and happy to continue to do so on this episode today yeah super excited to be here jc thanks so much for bringing us on it's so cool to connect with you and connect with people through this journey. So I'm, I'm really excited for today's conversation. And it's our first podcast we're on. So we're super excited for that too. Oh my God. Wait, I didn't realize. That's so fun. Yeah. The people I've met from the internet over this past year is just wild. I first saw your podcast from a collab that you guys did with The Daily Victorian on TikTok. And then I binged every single episode. Something that you both do so well in your podcast is just have such raw conversation. And that is what I was immediately drawn to. You're not putting out this perfection. I've already gone through this whole journey and here's my outcome. You're really working through it with each other and kind of recognizing your own thoughts in the moment. I love when you have realizations as you're talking. It's so funny because I feel like we went through the whole process when we first started podcasting. And like you do with everything in life, right? You want structure. You want it to be fit into a box. So we started podcasting and we're like, let's do all these outlines. Let's do all these things. Let's get it perfect. And before you know it, you realize that like even when you're talking about things like mindfulness and even when you're talking about things like getting out your head, you can find yourself in the ego while going down that path. And that's exactly what happened to us. And then we started to realize, you know what? Let's just be honest. And the truth is we don't know anything. All we know (laughs) is what we're figuring out. And yes, of course, there are so many lessons we are taking. But I think on this journey, you have to have discernment with where you get information because I don't want to act like I'm a guru. I'm not, but I just am sharing my experiences. And I think that's the most valuable thing you can really do is share your experiences with other people. And that's the easiest to resonate and not acting like anyone's higher up than anyone else. We're all on the same level playing field. We're all on this earth. We're all just figuring out together. So why not share our journeys openly? Yeah. And you guys have both been going through your own journeys over the past couple of years. And I know A lot has been changing, especially over this past year of you both are moving and you're quitting your jobs or changing what you're doing. I feel like we talked about this in our community Zoom. Like I've been experiencing a bit of the same of what I called the great unraveling of just kind of pulling out everything that you once believed or thought was comfortable. How are you guys navigating that? Well, first of all, I would say it just keeps getting better, honestly. Yeah, that's a loaded question to answer because there's so many different ways to look at it. But I think from my most recent experiences, I feel like the biggest thing that I've taken away from my entire journey, you know, it started out 
you know, it depends on where you want to start, right? Because these journeys, they could be from birth or they could be from, you know, a pivotal moment where we started to become more aware. And just to quickly summarize it for those who are listening. So I'm not like coming out of left field with random thoughts because I know you know a little bit, JC. Yeah. But I'll summarize it a little bit. because So Sophie and I started dating. It was 2020, July or something like that. First girlfriends. And I think that was a very pivotal moment of just really questioning everything of society was built for for this perfect person that I was operating as within the society. And as soon as I veered a little bit off of that typical path, you know, I started to question more and more. And that's really just been what the last three years have been, starting with that. And it can look so different for everyone. But I think that was my particular experience was that incident was the first thing. And then everything else just started to appear because I was paying attention to things. And I'd say with where I'm at right now, I'm just, it's the uncertainty because we left our jobs. It's been, what, three months now? We started podcasting. Mm -hmm. We've been doing that for over a year now. And it's funny because as you're doing all of these things, you think that it's not enough. This isn't it. I need to be getting to another place. But I think what I'm really starting to settle into right now is that there is no place to get. And a lot of what is a difficulty with you know, trying to achieve things and thinking you need to get places is that you spend so much time thinking about all of these things. And thinking is great, but I think there's a level of it that it causes so much suffering, I guess is the right word to say, and it's not comfortable. And that's been my biggest realization as of late is that the less we think, the more power we have within ourselves because the only thing getting between anything and everything we want is our brains thinking so much. I just think that I'm starting to recognize just each and every person how much power we are because we are no different than the sky, the trees, you know, the things that sound corny, they're real. And it's a feeling state that you start to enter. And I think that if you allow yourself to enter it, you just start to recognize I don't have to make up these lies and listen to them. And I hear you guys shaking your heads. Yes. So I think I'm, I'm making sense. But this is just what's going on in my brain right now. And I think that, you know, connecting with people like you, JC, it's so exciting because we all leave imprints on each other and no one in their own right owns any, I don't want to say achievement, but we're all just existing and trying to get to a place of ease and comfort, excitement and live in a place of enjoying our lives. I think uncertainty is like the quickest place to get there. I think doing things that are uncomfortable and lead to uncertainty, like getting comfortable with uncertainty, that's when you surrender to thinking. You surrender to allowing things that are meant to happen to happen. I think I agree with everything Daisy said. And I think just from a different perspective for me, so I've been a lawyer for the past five years and I was planning to leave my job in August and I got laid off about, I think it was mid end of end of April or so. So I had this whole plan. I was going to leave. And one of the biggest recognitions I had from all this is that life really plans for you. We try to think we have a level of control in life. And I think we definitely do. Like we definitely have free will, but just having the recognition of you can plan so much, but you have to expect the unexpected. And the unexpected is what happened, right? I got laid off and I was kind of in this place of being like, now what? What do I do? Everything I wanted, leaving my job has come to fruition and I'm here at this point. How do I proceed? And naturally what happens is you're thrown into uncertainty. For the first time in my adult life, I'm no longer a lawyer. Why does this matter? Because being a lawyer was an identity I clung on to. I looked to it for a sense of value, for a sense of worth, for a sense of belonging. I think in life we, you know, we graduate college if we go to college and we end up in some sort of role and that role kind of defines who we are. We go down the path without even recognizing that we're on this path. And while we're on the path, we don't realize there's a way to get off the path. 
So at that point, I was thrown off the path. And it has been the most beautiful, uncertain, crazy experience of my life of completely just surrendering to the uncertainty of recognizing that I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. And I don't want to do all these things anymore. And let me tell you, it's extremely, extremely uncomfortable to question every single thing that you think about yourself, because you hear all these voices in your head of, I can't do that. What if I fail? How am I going to make money? And I think throughout the process of the biggest recognition I had is none of that is reality. None of that is truth. That is a what we call limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in our mind from whether it was a moment that we had when we were five years old or someone in college. Like I remember things in high school, people saying to me, or just all these insecurities, they grow and they grow and we start to undermine our true potential. So I just think that this journey for me so far, if it's taught me anything, is that we don't really recognize our capabilities. We don't recognize how limitless we really are. And if you're someone who's listening who is wondering, well, how do you reach that recognition? I think the first start is really starting to question all the things you think about yourself. And it is interesting, though. It's like it's complicated. When do you make the decision? How do you pivot? How do you leave? When do you know? Because for me, a lot of my journey was also I needed to wait about a year or two years to do my own inner work. Because if I left my job a year ago, I would have been thrown into anxiety. I would not be in this place I was. And I think that always begs the question of, you know, to what extent is everything that's happening implicating how we really feel? And I think what I realized from all this is that it's so important to do that work because if I had left my job without doing it, I would have been in a much more uneasy place without that. What I like to refer to as like my emotional two box. It's so interesting though, because watching your mindset has shifted with the limiting beliefs after doing this work, now you're at a place where you actually believe in that. And at first, I think you're at a place in the beginning where like, you know it, you can rationally say like, okay, this is a limiting belief, but it still comes up for you and you're still struggling with it and you're still fighting back against it. And it feels like there's so much resistance. But now from what you're saying, it seems like you're in a place where there's a lot more ease with it and you can actually truly believe in and be convicted in what you're saying. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with developing the seat of awareness, the being able to sit somewhere, developing the space between you and your thoughts. For me, meditation was super helpful with that. Doing these practices of sitting with the thoughts, because, you know, for example, say a really deep insecurity comes up of I'm not smart enough. You can either like get really mad and frustrated and be like, oh, that's true. That's not true. Or you can just sit with it. And I've done a lot of just sitting with it, sitting with the pain. Like I've cried more this year than I think I ever had in my life. And I used to be so scared to cry. But what I recognized is that crying was the only way to process. And I think by like processing my feelings, I was able to develop a space between me and those emotions. And like you're saying, it's so true, JC. Like we can say these things in concept. We can all say, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. I've said that for five years now, right? I've been meditating for five years. It wasn't really until recently where I've conceptually felt and experience what it meant to me. And I'm currently reading a lot of books. And one of them is called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And he's talking about that voice in our head that we all have, right? And the interesting part about it is like, we know we have a voice in our head. So that means we're, how can we be the voice if we know we have the voice? And I just think that throughout this process, what starts to grow bigger is your awareness of that voice starts to grow bigger than the strength of the voice. And you start to recognize that you know, you start off at a point where that voice was your life. There's no space. You feel like you're not gonna be able to succeed. And that's your truth. But then you start questioning. You're like, why would that be true? Look at this person succeeding. Look at this person. How could that? Why would this be true about me? And then we start to realize we're not much more different than anyone else. That's been the biggest thing I've realized in this journey of 
meeting other people who are podcasting, you know, being in this world right now where people are transitioning into more self-employment jobs or just questioning the traditional path. They're just recognizing there's nothing different between me and another person except for my own fears. So then that really puts you in perspective of saying, okay, what am I currently holding on to that's getting in the way of me succeeding like that person is? And someone I saw on TikTok who we follow, Taylor Androne, I think his last name is, as he just said, fear is the doorway. So you have to be ready and willing to really question and sit with all of those limiting beliefs to get to a point to recognize that that is not who you are. So to add a little bit to that, that was all really great what you said, Soph. I think, you know, it is pivotal to be facing your fears and looking at these insecurities directly head on. And that has been a lot of Sophie's journey and a lot of my journey. And I think another recognition that's really important to point out is that I think on this journey of figuring yourself out, figuring out what kind of life do I want? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be with? It's super easy to settle upon something and to say, oh, this is who I am. I have been working through a lot of things. So that's who I am. And the reality is that you're not that and you're not anything at all. And that's kind of been the biggest thing for me is that as soon as you think that, oh, this is all working for me, something's going to come in and make you shift. Or you're going to be like, I've been so stuck in this identity of figuring things out. I don't know how the hell to get out of this. And I think it's also about having fun and enjoying your life. That's what all of this is for. It's so simple, but that's why I mentioned earlier, you don't have to think about everything that your brain tells you you have to think about. Because as soon as you're doing that, you're imprisoning yourself in your own thoughts. No one's going to give me the answer except for yourself. That's what's so exciting is because you have full control over figuring out everything that you want to figure out or as little as you want to figure out. You allow yourself to do that. And it always is going to be with getting out of your own way and knowing that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have difficulties and you're going to find people along the way who are doing the same work. That's why we're on this podcast is because we're on a similar path as you. And that is who you learn from the most is who are people who are learning from themselves and learning from others and those who don't think they have all the answers because no one has any answers, honestly. (laughs) They just know that they are moving along to find the, the next clue. I think there's clues and experiences, but there's no answers. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just so interesting how you kind of unravel the identities and think about how much we just identify and in prison, like you said, ourselves within our own thoughts. You're so often the person that says no to yourself. Other people are not saying it. So often it's you. With emotion and thinking and being so identified with that, I was talking in therapy this week about perpetuating my own thoughts and feeling like I get stuck in emotions for so much longer than I need to. And she goes, do you know scientifically how long an emotion lasts? An emotion will last for 90 seconds. And what perpetuates it is your resistance to it and your antagonizing over it, which I thought was so interesting. And I've been thinking about that a lot this week. Yes. So have you heard of the movie Yes Man? It's from like, I think the mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I was I was reflecting on that recently because there's so many self-limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves. They're so pervasive and you don't even realize how many you have. At least that's been my experience is I don't even realize how many self-limiting beliefs that I have because you start to assume them as truth. And I think as as you become more aware of things, you're able to separate and create space between these things you tell yourself or these things you hear from the voice in your head and yourself and reality. And life starts to get really fun when you start to question your self-limiting beliefs and push back on them. Just because something served you at a period in your life and you've restricted yourself from doing something for a period in your life because that was necessary doesn't mean that you should continue to, to hold on to that your entire life. 
to a point where you're no longer going to be able to have these experiences that you otherwise could. I think one for like me, I've realized as of recent is what three years ago, I started to question my relationship with alcohol. And I was very, oh, I don't drink or I don't do this. And I, I feel like I've reached a place where I can be like, yeah, I like a glass of wine. And I shouldn't deprive myself of an experience that is really great that I can handle and that isn't going to turn my life upside down. And recognizing that that is a self-limiting belief that I've put on myself because in the past, there was so much going on in my life or there was this happening to where it was just easier to totally remove it. And I just think that we're always evolving and we're always changing and we can never just settle upon one thing to let guide our lives because that's going to disallow us from having a, the fullest life that we possibly could. Yeah. I also want to respond to what you're saying, JC, about the halftime emotions. I remember when I first learned about that, I was like, oh, wow, emotions <laughs> last 90 seconds, not even. And I think this is really, really important because you hear, always hear in the mindfulness space, and if you, if you read Eckhart Tolle, for sure, that you have to be here now. You have to be here in the moment. And I think conceptually, what I've now understand, that is the answer. But we have to unravel a lot to get there. And I think what I mean by that is the reason emotion might last longer than you want it to is, yes, of course, because we're resisting it, but we have to go deeper here. Why are we resisting it? Recently, we went on a retreat and we did psilocybin mushrooms. And I think for me, this is where the layers of what you want to call healing comes in, really diving so deep into your journey of your life of when you're 10 years old or when you're high school or middle school. Like I've realized deep, deep pain that I felt when I was in high school that I felt recently. What we really learned from that is that our bodies have stored, every single one of us stores these experiences that we don't know how to process at this age. And I think for me at first, like I would think, like, like, oh, nothing traumatic has happened in my life. And I think we have to be really careful with the word trauma because I think we all, being a human being is trauma traumatic. traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I think really the importance of going deep, and I think there's so many different ways to do that, whether that is therapy or mushrooms or just sitting with the discomfort and really going deep in your journal and trying to understand, bringing up experience to your mind. Because I think those experiences, whether we want to recognize it or not, are the reason that we're getting angry when someone doesn't invite us to a party or we get cut off driving because we have held on and Eckertol calls it the pain body. Like everyone has different words for it. But I think what I'm just recognizing, there are emotions deep down that we haven't been given proper attention to. So of course we feel so anxious. And another huge one is our existence. Like I really recognize how, how much anxiety I have about life and death. And one day I won't be here in my form. And what does that mean? And it's like all these anxieties, if we don't pay attention to them, they're going to continue to control us. So I think that it's a two-step process of being in the here and now, but also recognizing sometimes we got to go, got to go way back. We got to really question the things that we've dug deep because those are why we are facing such resistance to everyday life. And it doesn't feel immediately clear in the moment. But as you go deep, you're like, oh, right, that's that really deep pain that I've suppressed for 20 years that is controlling every single part of my life. Yeah, that is so relevant for me right now. Today, even I was doing an inner child meditation and it was so interesting because you are continually questioning an emotion comes up. Okay, why do I feel this way? Comes up again. Okay, why? Or you're scared of something. Why? Going back and back and back to really find what the root cause of it is and where it comes from. And being able to be in this seat where you're really going back, it's scary. It, you keep it so suppressed and you're like, wow, where did this come from? And so often it's from these experiences that you had during formative years. I don't know. It's just so in your subconscious that it's still coming up for you in this way. And it keeps manifesting maybe in different ways. But I feel like 
that has been the biggest thing for me too, is continually questioning myself and questioning my reactions and thinking about, okay, is this my voice in my head or is this someone else's voice? And where am I showing up in my life because of these limiting beliefs that you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. There's no correct answer and it's always multifaceted. And I think it all leads back to the present moment too. Not just going through the motions of something because you think that's how you're supposed to do it. It's like, what is affecting me in this very present moment right now that is disallowing me from being in the moment and backtracking and understanding what is disallowing me from enjoying this moment right now? And sometimes it is these things from the past or these incidents from the past that we haven't healed or looked at. And sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's things that we are just continuing to feed our brains because it's been so habitual. It can be as simple as being like, okay, well, I'm just going to step away from this. I'm going to stop thinking about this right now. And I think those are kind of the two buckets I've kind of looked at it in. And it's trying to demystify this human experience. And I think that being able to just exist in this present moment is really where we solve all of our problems because it it takes us out of the the loophole of just the cyclical thinking and cyclical experience that perpetuates our suffering. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that it's easy to get so deep into that. And there's always a way out. And each experience from each person, it's going to be different. But we all are kind of experiencing the human experience. So everyone can kind of understand if they're willing to go that deep to understand someone else's experience. And I think that at the end of the day is what's so beautiful and is what is so comforting is that we're not alone. We're all together and we're all experiencing the same thing in just different forms. Yeah. It's interesting because those two things kind of contrast each other. It's like, okay, how much of it is because of what I experienced in the past, you know, the pain body, like you were talking about, Sophie, and going back and healing those wounds that we have from the past and how much of it is habitual and our brain just looping on the same thing over and over and over again, where we are having trouble forming new neural pathways because of the past event. And I obviously, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. You can't just pick one or the other and not heal any past trauma and only like exist purely in the present moment. But at the end of the day, it gets to a point where you kind of just have to move forward and there always is going to be healing to do in the past. But I don't know. I think it kind of happens in this journey where people get caught up in always healing or always focusing or always reading and like intaking more information. And I've definitely fallen in that trap. And I saw this video that was like, you don't need more information. You just need more courage. And to some extent, I think that might be true, but it's tough. I definitely feel a sense of inner urgency sometimes to either do one or the other, like focus all on healing, focus all on living, being in the present moment. I wonder if you guys struggle with that too. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. So my first thought kind of comes up is we have to give ourselves compassion to the different periods of our life. Like there was going to be three months at a time I've had this year of just questioning and really going deep. And then I think, you know, I reached a point where I was like, I can come up for air now and it's time to go back and it's time to like explore the world. And I think that's kind of this everlong journey of life, right? I've been listening to a podcast called The Buddha at the Gas Pump. I think that's what it calls. And they interview a lot of like spiritually people have woken up and they bring on like from a lot of science perspective. And he was talking about the difference of the left brain and the right brain. And the left brain is our, our ego, logical, rational mind, our desire to want to categorize everything and explain everything with logic. And then the right brain is more like creativity, intuition, kind of more when you're not thinking so much. So I just really think that it's a balance, right? Because like you said, we can't ignore everything. We can't ignore our past. One time my therapist, I was asking her, I was like, are you ever, are you ever fully healed? And I think what she said is like, you basically, you always will have the scars. You'll always have these things that you kind of look toward you, but no longer they're going to control you. They're going to start to guide you. So it's not like those past experiences, you're ever going to get to the point where that never happened or you never went through that. 
But I do think that we start to get to a point where we start to feel we've given maybe enough attention for that at this point of our life. And then who knows, in five years, it might resurface again. So I just think that it's not linear. It's funny because I think the very question of asking how much attention do we have to play to both is then again the left side of the brain. It's wanting to conceptualize and logic this and put this in the list. But it's like, <laughs> we can't put this, we can't put healing in the list. It's not linear. It's so funny because becoming aware of these questions, you think it's you being mindful. And it's like, no, this is the left brain again. It wants an answer. It's never going to be satisfied. It, you want to feel like, yep, I'm done healing or I should do this. There's no shoulds in life. There's nothing you should be doing. And that's been my biggest recognition with this whole journey, like especially taking mushrooms to just like we're in an ever eternal present moment that's been going on for billions and billions of years. And if we keep thinking so much, we might miss it. So I just think that it is a balance. I don't really honestly, I'm, I, this is a really interesting question and I'm not sure. I'm Daisy, I'm curious what you hear about like finding that balance and how do you kind of toggle between those two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just think first and foremost, when it comes to like, questions like that, where it's like, how much healing should I do? How much of this should I do? I think those are questions that our mind are asking. And like Sophie mentioned, we took psilocybin. And I think that is such a humbling experience because those thoughts are not allowed to exist in your, in your body. Because when you're in that state of maybe a different consciousness when you are taking mushrooms, it's relief in a lot of ways because you're no longer thinking. And I didn't understand this phrase of like scissors can't cut scissors really until I had a full trip on mushrooms because you can't solve problems of the mind with the mind. And it's one of those things where it's a choice of really feeling into things. A lot of things are communicated and experienced outside of our mind. So that's why I think it's our mind that wants to have a comfortable answer of you spend this amount of time healing. This is what you do. And this is what you do after that. And I think those are all honest questions. And I that's my experience is I've been humbled that those questions are, are not really pointing you in the right direction. They're kind of just like keeping you here on this level path. Once you start to recognize that there is no answer to anything at all, that's where you start to step upwards and recognize that I'm never going to be comfortable. And as soon as you get comfortable, that's where you should be skeptical. And that's where you should start to ask questions and question yourself to, am I, am I so sure of myself? Because that's also when your comfort starts to plateau, so does your joy. And so do these like positive emotions. If you spend too much time there, you might get a little bored. And that's where we start to get stuck in the mind. And the mind is really the worst enemy we could possibly have, everyone, because it's what takes us out of these moments that we have. It's what tells us there should be a certain equation to reach being healed. And it takes the spark. You know, we all have a soul or we all have a spark. We all have like something within us. And it's really not something we're able to communicate. We're all trying to talk about something that we can't talk about. That is just the example of the brain. We are the mind. These are all things that we want to talk about in the mind. And it's really ironic that we all have podcasts because we can do the best <laughs> that we can in this form, in this media. It's really just a reflection of our experiences of what we're happening and showing people that it's okay for them to have the same experiences and to figure out the same things and to learn from each other and their experiences. And eventually, maybe that will make you feel something. I want to add one thing. I just think an antidote is just... What the whole question of how much should I do? How much have I healed and everything? It's just, that's just you wanting more certainty. It's just you wanting to group again into this box of certainty. And I think the recognition that life is uncertainty. Everything's a concept that we've created. And the more we search for certainty, the more we're going to end up in this loop of never feeling satisfied. Oh, have I healed enough? 
And it's just like, be where you are today. You know, yeah. maybe you journal this morning, just get up and go on for the rest of the day. Again, it's that search for certainty that always keeps us stuck. I'm so guilty. I think we're all guilty of this. Like Daisy said, it's just like some things we have to get to a point where we can't keep thinking about it and we just have to be. We have to embrace into the moment and enter that flow state. And that's where the right brain comes in with creativity and intuition. Where I really felt like on mushrooms was just like, you're not thinking. Or think about like when you're having a great conversation or you're driving around with your friends, you're doing things that don't involve the mind in the sense of you're not logically trying to understand how to fall in love. We all know that we can't explain what it means to be in love. How could you ever explain it? Just is this immense feeling that you feel towards someone. And I think if we tried to navigate life maybe a little similar to how we, you know, how we have deep relationships or fall in love, we recognize that we can never find the answer we want through certainty because it's not, like Daisy said, it's not through words and concepts. It's the unseen experience. And that's why I think it keeps coming back to mushrooms because like, we just got back from the retreat. But like <laughs> when you're when you're taking mushrooms, you are connected to that kind of unseen world. You do you are connected with the the natural world or whatever you want to call it, and you're not so caught up in your mind and your body. So I just think that you can reach this experience from meditating. I, I was just I was doing a meditation earlier, and you just you find this place of just like inner knowing. It's not a thought you're having. So we can't look to thoughts to get our answers because if we do, we will never be happy. Yeah, I mean thoughts are such an unreliable narrator. I remember Sasha and I were talking about this because, you know, it completely depends on your mental state for the day. Like one day you're happy, you have all these things and you're great. And then one day you're feeling more negative and you have more negative thoughts and they're just so chaotic and you obviously can't trust them. It's just like, you know, the monkey mind. And it's interesting to hear you guys talk about your experience and being able to have that release and the quality of your thoughts just start to shift because you're able to sit with them with so much more ease. I think, Daisy, you talked about this on another podcast about our brains are just not evolved. They are not evolving at the same pace as that we're evolving. And they are just trying so hard to keep us safe. And they keep us in this surviving state where they're like, okay, I have to keep doing the same things because as of today, you are alive. So everything I did is correct because I got you here, you're breathing, you're living. And that just keeps us in the same habitual loop of surviving. But there's so much more, like you're saying too, Sophie, about being limitless and being able to thrive in your life and being able to actually experience so much more than you're currently experiencing. I love what you said, Daisy, about when you get to this place that you're comfortable then you also start to kind of lose the joy. And it's funny because you think, oh, I have to stay in this place to be happy, but also it's kind of diminishing returns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something you can't forget about when you're on this journey again of trying to figure everything out. It's not just like a depressing, sad, difficult experience. People have commented on our metaphor as being kind of funny, but this is one that I said of like joy and misery are not distant. They're close cousins of each other. You really can't have one without the other. It's a bridge you cross in order to achieve the other. And I think of all the like the fairy tales of people going on quests to figure things out or to save someone. It's always this big unraveling scary like you have to face this dragon or you have to walk over this fiery bridge. And it's like that is what our life is supposed to look like. And I think we've synthesized it down to this very comfortable, safe routine of we, you go to work and then, you know, you have the safety and you have the paycheck and there's nothing that will ever go wrong with that. And you have the comfort 
of living in a house and you have the comfort of living in an apartment or wherever you live. You have all these like very comfortable things. And those have kind of have made people plateau and feel the base of like midlife crisis or the earlier midlife crisis that we have at times. Quarter life crisis. (laughs) Right. And I think it's because there's not enough challenge in our lives. I think as soon as we start to feel like bored or sad or depressed, the reality is there's not enough challenge. And I think that our society has became so adverse to any kind of discomfort. Even as humans, as far as technology is evolving, it's really not something that we can mitigate from our ability to exist. Like our existence is quite simple and we have complicated it. Someone was telling me recently the Native Americans really believed that we were all the same. We were all one. We were all the same as nature. We belong to nature. Nature didn't belong to us. And it's so fascinating on this journey as I'm learning all these things and recognizing these things and having these insights that that's where it all began and how far and how complicated and how modern society has been created by the mind and how that's you know, got us a lot of great things, but it's also perpetuated a crap ton of suffering for a lot of people. And, you know, going back to the basics and recognizing no one has the truth and studying these past things, there's so much to learn from. And a lot of our modern day history that we do study is still from the mind and is still from like post-colonized the world. And it's just bridging into uncharted territory, being willing to accept truths that aren't comfortable or that are new to us or are things that we never learned is when, you know, that's the bridge of discomfort that bridges us to this whole new world of opportunity and experience and just a different life. And money can't buy that. Money doesn't exist in that world. You've, you've kind of seen our journey a little bit. It just keeps evolving and compounding and you never want to mislead someone to think that someone's going to save them because no one's coming to save anyone and it's really up to you on how you want to live your life and you know that you have the potential if you're willing to encounter a lot of fear and a lot of discomfort and a lot of sadness and hurt and all the stuff, the more you're able to do that, the more capacity you have for that, the more you're going to enter a place where you can literally do anything. I just want to echo off what Daisy was saying with discomfort. I truly believe that we are limitless. Like I was so comfortable as a lawyer. I was making good salary in Manhattan and New York City. And you can be so comfortable and be so miserable. It's just the reality of it. It looks good on the outside. We're checking off the boxes. We're checking off the list. You know, we're getting married. We're doing all these things and we're following our parents' dreams. And then deep down, you just, you hate it all. And I think I really had that recognition with like being at my job. I looked at the partners at the firm and they were all so unhappy and they were all so stressed and everybody was complicating life so freaking much. It's just like, it's not that complicated. When I was tripping on mushrooms, it was like really crazy experience. I felt like I had kind of like died and I felt like I was looking back on my whole life. And my favorite Alan Watts quote, and he was like, it was a musical and the point was to dance. And I kept hearing that quote over and over and over again. There was nowhere to get. Like when you turn 80 years old, you're still going to be in this moment. We're not going to have a new moment. There's nothing. Nothing will ever substantiate your mind. Nothing. Go become a billionaire. Go ask a bunch of billionaires. Are they happy? No. If we're always looking to external things to make us happy, we will never, ever feel satisfied. And I think embracing discomfort is so freaking important. You need to embrace, do what scares you. I was so scared to post on social media. I was so scared to start a podcast. I was so scared to come to terms with my sexuality and hold my girlfriend's hand in public. All these limiting beliefs that I thought were me. And I thought that I could never overcome them. I thought that 
if I left my job, not to mention getting laid off, everything would be shitty and I'd be old. And I'm like, I'm okay. Your foot will always land. We create this miscalibrated, disproportionate fear of what we think will happen to us. And that it just happens to be. And this is where I think the scientific evolutionary perspective is so important that our brains have not evolved. Like there was a point where if people didn't like you, you would get exiled from the group. You would get killed. That's not true anymore. So I just think having this understanding of we have to reprogram our brains. That's where all this research is coming in for the pathways and psilocybin and everything of recognizing that like our brains, the way that they want to react to fear and danger right now are not logical, do not make sense. And the more that we can start to recognize that and realize that so much freaking joy and beauty is on the other side of that. And if I can have any certainty is that I will never regret embracing discomfort because I wouldn't even be here today on this podcast if I listen to those limiting beliefs of, oh, I'm not smart enough to talk on social media. It's like, none of that's true and it never will be. So that's got pretty riled up. I love it. You guys are leaving your jobs and you are moving to a new city. And one of the topics I'm most interested about right now is neural reprogramming. We fall into this trap of, oh, if I just, you know, quit this job or if I just get a new job or if I just move to a new city, everything will be better and I'll be happier. But where does that intersect with, okay, I'm in this place where I do need a change? There's like a dichotomy between needing change, needing to be in discomfort and embracing discomfort, and also sitting with, you're still going to be there, you know, wherever you go, there you are. It's your mind. How are you thinking about that? You know, I used to think that moving and starting a new life was all just an excuse to run away and escape yourself. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think that, you know, we can do so much internal work on ourselves and we can look at everything in our life as a challenge to be like, you know, I no longer want to live in a very busy city that doesn't really align with where my mental state is and where my brain is. But there's a level to it that you can be like, well, you know, this is where I'm at right now. So I'm going to accept it. And that's one thing. But I think it's another to be like, it doesn't matter where you live at all. Like it's all your internal world. You have control over everything. And I definitely was in that state at one point where I was like taking things way too seriously. And that's kind of the thing I was mentioning earlier. You always have to question yourself because if you're like, oh, I'm just going to like perpetuate a state of suffering for myself because I'm going to live somewhere I don't want to live because that's making me stronger. Like, yeah, like sure. Accepting something, but perpetuating, they're two different things. Sophie and I are moving to, to Austin, Texas in just a few months, and I could not be more excited. I think that it's going to tenfold everything that's happening in our life right now because, you know, where you live, it is important. Who you surround yourself, it it is important because it is what helps facilitate internal change as well, right? Like once you have like a tiny grasp on what's happening inside your world, I think moving is just another level of that. It's another level of helping you understand. I don't have to be this person that I was in the city for five years. I can totally branch away from that, but also not leaning too much into that of being like, this is going to allow me to be a different person because you're the one that's going to allow you to be a different person. And you can do that anywhere, but there are certain environments that they're going to serve as stepping stones to you and they're going to help you and they're just going to help you blossom. And that's how I see our move to Austin, Texas, because I, you know, I'm at a point where I'm like, I could, I can keep living here and this crazy Manhattan city. But right now, I want to jump into uncertainty. I am in that place. And I think that it's only going to help further my experience. And I think that that is often true. People have an urge to suddenly move and leave their job or do sudden things, give away all their stuff and, and leave. And maybe they don't. But 
I think there's something to that. And I think at the end of the day, our intuition is there for a reason. And if we're not listening to our intuition, then why are we even doing anything if we're not doing that? Because that is the point of it all. We don't want to miss the point. I think it's really easy to miss the point. We're conditioned to miss the point. But there's something in all of us, our intuition, whatever you want to call it, that is guiding us if we're willing enough to listen. It's going to guide us to where we need to go and where we want to go. And it's not complicated. We are just the ones that complicated it. I think it's really interesting. It's the question of, am I making this decision? I want to leave my job or I want to move out of anxiety. What is guiding me? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Or is it your intuition? And I think the big the differences are like, am I moving because I think I'll be happier? If that's the question, you will absolutely not be happier. And I think that really comes down to boils down to me reflecting on my job and after I've left and I've really realized all the resistance I was having towards my job, all the things I was feeling toward my job. Yes, I have a preference of not wanting to be there. But even when you quit your job, even if you go and start your own company, you do your own thing, like podcasting has not been easy. It's not easy. You're faced with the same insecurities. You're faced with the same doubts. You're faced with the com- same complications. It's twofold entirely. But recognizing that nothing that you do externally will rid those habitual thought patterns you have. And if you can get to a point to recognize, okay, I'm not moving off since I'll be happier. I'm as happy as I could be today. I was as happy as I could be at my job towards the end of it because I let go. And I realized that I'm clinging so much to resistance. I'm clinging so much to all these things. And that was causing my suffering. So what I did was I really got to a point and I challenged myself when I was at my job to say, I'm using this journey right now as a challenge to practice not resisting, to practice acceptance of where I am right now. And I started to become aware of my tendencies to when the partner would give me work. This anxiety used to come up for me so much at my job of like, I'm not going to finish my tasks. I'm going to be working at night to the point that I was always anxious. If I had left at that point, I would have been in for a rude awakening because I would have realized that that same anxiety would have just came and manifest in what I was doing the podcast. And it kind of did because I was we started the podcast about a year ago and I was still working. So I just think that the question of is it your environment or is it your inner world? I'm always going to fall and say it is your inner world. But your environment can just enhance that because we're not dead, right? We do have preferences and we do want to do things. <laughs> so it's like you can reach this inner peace, but that doesn't mean that you, can, you have to go sit at a job you don't want to be at. So I think it's asking the question of to what extent am I looking to leave this job to escape the current inner state of my mind? If you're looking to leave it to escape that state, well, you're going to leave and all those emotions, all those thoughts are still going to be there. But if you got into a point of being like, wow, I'm really working on all this. I'm really starting to understand the way I view the world. And I'm learning that I want to also enjoy a new chapter in my life. And I want to start a new job. And I want to meet new people. And I want to do all these things. Not to complete me. Not to make me happier. But just to fulfill and enjoy my life. So I just think it's like breaking it down into those two questions of am I acting out of fear and anxiety? And I've done this so much even with social media. If I have to post, I have to post, I have to post. Thinking is going to complete you. Nothing externally can ever complete you. And I think the fun starts when you recognize that because you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of shit that I can do in this life. There's a lot I can have fun with and I don't need to cling to it and I don't need to look to it and I'm not going to manipulate it and I'm not going to need it or need those people. I'm going to truly be able to enjoy this for what it is. So I just think it's a great question and I think that I'm still pondering it, but that's just my answer for now. Mm. I think these are such good reframes, definitely for me, of how to look at it and think about, okay, where is this inner voice coming from? I have been in 
New York for such a long, like I grew up in New York. I've been in the city for the last three years and I got to a place where I'm like, there's a lot of things about New York that I don't like. And there's a lot of things that just don't match up with my preferences, like you said. And I am having such an internal struggle going back and forth of like, oh, am I just trying to run away? I, I won't be happier somewhere else. And I know you guys interviewed George Poulos and I listened to his podcast too. And he had said this line like, oh, living in New York is a expedited course in spirituality. It's like all of your triggers are just being reflected back at you. And, you know, if you move somewhere else, they're going to come. And to some extent, I think that's true, right? It's what you're both saying of, yeah, if you're acting out of fear and you think it's going to complete you or you're going to be happier, it's not because the same things will manifest everywhere. But also, if it's just your preference and you just want to explore something else, then there's nothing wrong with that. And you can let go of the resistance to go and try something new. Yeah, why not? Well, just because you're mindful, you're not going to go sit in Times Square for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? It's like we have things we want to do. And not to be rigid. I think I've learned in the last year just to do things for purely the experience of it. I feel like I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to move somewhere for a year because I'm going to put roots down and then I'm going to have to leave and that's going to be confusing and that's not going to be productive. And it's like, what? Truly, like, was I okay? Like, I was missing the point. We're here to do things for the experience of it all and go wherever you want to go. And maybe you will go and you will be avoiding everything and you'll realize that moving isn't going to avoid it. I think we have to like really question how many things do we really want to think about? And what is worth thinking about it? And where you live is probably worth thinking about it. But I like this idea of allowing yourself to only think about something for a period of time for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, because at some point we're just going to get stuck thinking about it instead of taking action on it. And I think that's what we all do with a lot of things is that we just think about things as sport instead of getting out in the field and actually participating in what we're thinking about. I think life's for living and it's not for thinking. I think I realized reflecting of, I always knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. I always knew it. And you're always going to kind of have those like little voices come up. of like, oh, maybe I'll go move to California. Nope. Nope. I'm fear, fear, right? There has to come to a point where you look at that voice that comes up. And this is where the discernment comes up. That's not anxiety anymore. These are like real thoughts. And you start to say, I don't need to understand it. I'm going to act on it. If you have any desire, if you have any thoughts that your life right now is not where you want it to be, listen to that. Literally, what is the worst that happens? You find out and you want to move back? Great. You're young or you're not young or it doesn't matter. Exactly what Daisy said. It's like we don't need to do these things again for some logical reason. What if we just move to move? To get that experience, to make the most out of life for what it is. JC, I think that's so interesting. It's like we're in that same position and we are yeah. moving. And I just think it's like, well, you can come back. Right. Like yeah. I grew up here, too. And I've spent the past seven years here and I went to school in Boston and in the Northeast and my family's here and my friends are here. And it's like, and they move back. These are just, again, limits and limits and limits and limits we're setting up for ourselves. And you have no idea the people you'll meet, what you'll experience, how you'll experience it when you move. And if we sit here and we try to figure out while we're living in New York, if I want to be here or not, I think it comes out to saying there's only one way to find out. There's only truly one way to find out. And that's kind of how I approached my sexuality, too. Of like, oh, I've been dating guys my whole life, this and that. I literally said to myself, I'm going to get a girlfriend. And I literally <laughs> said this and me and Daisy match like a few weeks later because we're a lot more controlling our life than we think. I'm going to get a girlfriend. And if it doesn't, if I don't like it, I'm going to go back to dating guys. Well, that's not happening as of yet. So I just think that it's just like there's only one way to find out. And that's by doing it, doing the damn thing and stop thinking about it. So logic doesn't make sense. If we try to live our life off of logic, we're going to miss out on so much. Just think about that because I've been thinking about that because logic doesn't make sense on for humans to make their decisions off of it. Maybe it does make sense for some things, but maybe not. We're not calculators. You know what I mean? 
let's dive into that. That's so interesting. I have been a highly logical human being for my entire life until mm-hmm. I think this past year that I finally allowed myself to think, oh, what if I did this thing? What What's the worst that could happen, right? And I came to this, me and my friend were talking and we were like, it's either this or it's better. You either have this experience that you have right now or it's better or maybe it's worse. And then you tried it and then you go back. Like you said, we are so tied up. I think it's an identity and like a permanent thing. We're like, oh, everything's so permanent. Every decision we make is so permanent and it's not that serious. And if you're so concerned about if the next step that you're taking is the right next step, you're never going to take the step. You're just going to be paralyzed at that point. Yeah, that's so interesting because I feel like in the sense of someone saying logic is saying do this and if it doesn't work, then do this. That sounds logical. But Mm -hmm. what doesn't sound logical is booking a one-way ticket to go to Mexico with no plans at all. That doesn't make any sense. But what if that's what you want to do? And what if you believe that everything's just going to work out? Now, people will get angry at that, I think. People will get upset by that. That's reckless. That's, you know, a death wish. I think it really depends on how you look at things. How willing you to, again, going back to it, walk over the bridge of fear or how willing you are to be in discomfort, how willing you will work with discomfort to get things that you do want. Because I think ultimately that is what people get upset about is I would never do that. So how can you do that? I don't want you to do that because I'm not doing that. But really, it's only our own limit. And I'm referencing a book. I can see that Sophie is pulling up. So I'll let you go ahead and (laughs) and read a quote from that. I am. I'm just going to read this from The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. There is so much evidence that life does quite well on its own. The planets stay in orbit. Tiny seeds grow into giant trees. Weather patterns have kept forests across the globe watered for millions of years. And a single fertilized cell grows into a beautiful baby. We are not doing any of these things as conscious acts of will. They are all being done by the incomprehensible perfection of life itself. All these amazing events and countless more are being carried out by forces of life that have been around for billions of years. The very same forces of life that we are consciously pitting our will against on a daily basis. If the natural unfolding of the process of life can create and take care of the entire universe... Is it really reasonable for us to assume that nothing good will happen unless we force it to? It is to the exploration of this intriguing question that this book is devoted. And I just think that sums up this entire topic of like, does a tree grow logically? Is there a formula that you'll find when you dig up a tree of like, yep, all right, the seed is going to blossom and and the entire earth is going to happen. The skies and the plants and the animals are just all going to logically work. No. Was there a logic to any of this creation? You see the entire solar system is complete randomness, but beautifully done. And it's that classic quote on all the tea bags, like, Nature does not rush, yet it completes everything. When we're speaking out of logic, we are not recognizing, we are speaking in the small me, thinking that I'm just like this small human, right? You're not recognizing that you are this infinite energy that is within every single one of us. We are so powerful. We are everything. We are the same force that has created all the trees and all the powerful oceans and every single thing existing on this planet. Scientifically, we have the same composition as stars do. We are composed of water and gas and these carbons and atoms. Is any of that logic? So if we're looking to logic to drive our life, if we're looking to logic to get our answers, we're not tapping into that spiritual divine force that energetically we can tap into whenever we want to because we're still living in fear. We're not trusting life to unfold in the way it has to. Last night I read that and I was like, wow, that's it. I'm trying too hard to make it work. I am exerting too much 
of my opinions and my preferences and what I think and what I don't think? What if I just let go? And sure enough, as, as I have been letting go, we have been meeting so many people, random things are happening, our podcasts are growing. And it's like when you stop trying to fight against life, life starts working for you. And it's nothing logical about that. That is just the energetic realm of our human potential that is just untapped into because for some reason, we think that our body digesting and our hearts beating is just like a normal thing that happens. What? Like, no, like, this is magic right here. We are full of magic. And that's nothing that we do logically. So I just think to, I'm not going to say answer the question because there's no answer to it. It's just recognition that we are not what we think we are. We are this unlimited potential that exists everywhere in this world. And the more that we can recognize that we don't need to worry because life is going to figure out the way it exactly needs to. And it is our resistance to that gets us back in the loop. And no wonder why nothing's working out because we're not trusting, right? This book, I have, I'm on page 20, but it's just amazing. So I recommend it. Yeah, Sasha just read it too and she's loved it so much and she keeps referencing it. So I need to read it. It's so interesting because we do the same things over and over and over again. And then we're like, why do we still feel the same exact way? Why is nothing changing? Why am I not happier? Why am I still feeling this way? And it's because we're literally holding on so tightly that there's no room for something else to come in. There's no room because we're clinging to it. I just realized that I think every single one of our podcast episodes ends with this kind of spiritual realization. And we start off working through logic. And then we kind of realize, wait, logic isn't the answer. We're everything. There's nothing to worry about. I know. We started this conversation out with Daisy being like, we can't think. We can't think. We have to stop thinking. And then we think our way through all of it. And then we get to the end and we're like, yep, no, no thinking. That's not the, that's not the answer. Oh have to find out for yourself. Always. Yeah, always. Well, this has been one of my favorite conversations. I feel so lit up. It's funny how much your mood changes. I don't know for you both, but like, oh, no matter what. Yeah. Like, Every single time. Every time, no matter what my day was like before, after I'm like lit up inside. Because you let go. Because you let go. You get into the flow. It's so good. So thank you both so much for coming on. This was amazing. Life Unpotted has quickly become one of my favorite podcasts. So I will link it down below. But anything else you both want to share for everyone? Well, JC, thank you so much for having us. This has been so great. You're such a great facilitator of conversation. (laughs) So I hope we're back. We will continue this conversation, certainly. Yeah, Life on Pod is our podcast. We talk all about this stuff. And I think just to anybody listening, just keep moving forward. Keep one foot after the next and just trusting that like no matter where your foot steps, it will land somewhere. And give give a little bit of space for the universe to work out for you. We don't always need to exert our opinions. But this, is, <laughs> this has been so fun, JC. Thank you so much for bringing us on. And we'll have to do another one, I think. And I'm excited to see where your path goes. If you leave New York, what happens? Because I just feel like you're trying to figure out all the same things we are. And it's so it's it's awesome to connect and it's awesome to have this conversation. I feel so lit up now too. I'm like, let's go. You might do karaoke tonight if you want to come. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, you can find Daisy and Sophie over at Life Unpotted Podcast. And they also have community Zooms every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I've been to one and it was amazing to connect with other people that are interested in the same things and just having these same conversations. So I would definitely recommend you go check it out. I'll link everything down below. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day or night or week whenever you're listening to this. I am so, so grateful for all of you for listening and for following along. And Sasha and I will talk to you again next Wednesday.